but it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, when I, as I said, when I went to university, it wasn't just the fact that everyone seemed to have such amazing grades. Um, it was also just a cultural thing, um, a cultural shock to my system as well. You know, when I went to Loughborough, it was the first time I had met black people that had been to private school. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you, man? How's it going, Peter? I am very well, thanks. Very, very good. Um, It's getting quite cold. I don't know about you, but it seems as if the sun is going down much earlier than it used to. It looks like we're heading to Christmas at some point. (laughs) Hey, as you're talking, I've got my peppermint, my hot peppermint tea in my hands, man. It's quite cold indeed, man. The weather's taking a turn, man. But it doesn't matter, man. We keep keep it moving through each season, bro. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's why we're here. We're here to talk about finance. We're here to talk about all things finance-related and life-related at times, um, regardless of whatever season we're in. And today's episode, we're going to talk about different seasons we've been in and how that's um, affected us in our journey. For real, for real, man. And before we do that, there's a massive shout out to all of our listeners. Um, thank you very much for your support. Whoever you are, wherever you are, keep doing what you're doing by sharing, liking, subscribing and commenting. So, yeah, as Jack said, um, you know, this episode is just one of those chilled episodes where we'll just talk of about a few things and um, relating to a particular topic. Um, and I'll say what that is in a second. Um, and yeah, we'll just dig straight into it and talk about how that's impacted us and our journey and the relation to uh, finance. It's not directly related to finance, but so many things in life can have an effect on this uh, finance journey we're trying to make. And that topic actually, um, as me and Jax has been discussing earlier, is around imposter syndrome. Um, Jax, I, I hope you don't mind, but I have such, such kind of great up here on the internet here. We're obviously not doctors as well, so if you don't mind, I'm happy to just sort of refer what I can see. What it, we know what it means, but it's good to just go over what it also says here as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, that would be great. Please, um, let's go through a definition for myself, yourself, and for our listeners. Yeah, of course, man. So as some of our listeners will probably already know, imposter syndrome essentially refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. Um, so Jax, man, as an example, for, for me as an example, um, in my career, I found myself, um, you know, in the room, in a room full of what people may perceive as very high achieving academic, um, high achieving in terms of career and so-called coming from wealth, whether it's family background, all of that stuff. And if you've not come from that particular background, so for for me, for example, uh, there's been times, particularly in my earlier days, and, you know, the thing with imposter syndrome, it can literally creep in any age or any stage you're in. But for me, there's been times when I've been in a room full of these groups of people and I feel, wow, like, you know, do I actually deserve to be here, man? But that's definitely an example of how it's crept up for me. What about yourself, bro? Yeah, I'll say um, imposter syndrome has been something that's followed me um, from quite a young age, if I'm really honest. Um, And almost every new chapter or every new season in my life, I've had to deal with it in one way, shape or form. 
um, back dating to even um, as a teenager, you know, transitioning from primary school to secondary school, from secondary school um, to college. And particularly for me, the biggest transition or a place where I really felt that imposter syndrome, and I didn't even know what it was called back then. Um, it was more of a lack of confidence, if anything, was when I went to university. Um, so on a personal level, I grew up in a low-income environment. I live in inner city London. Um, and so getting to a university, I went to a university called Loughborough University. Um, and at the time, it was a university that I didn't even know much about. I just knew it was a great university. But going there, I realized that, um, you know, I looked a bit different from everyone else. Um, not just um, obviously being a, a Black person, there were quite a few Black people at Loughborough at the time, um, but generally not the not in the um, the majority, if I can put it that way. Mm. Um, and not even just the, the, the skin colour or, or the culture, but also just the social class as well, you know, coming from where I came from, um, little things such as the way I spoke and uh, the way I used to dress, and particularly um, even my academic background um, made me feel uncomfortable sometimes because now I was sat in a place. I remember my first, my first um, day in the lecture room. I remember all the students were speaking about their A level results, um, and I remember hearing people saying, "Oh, I've got four A's, and this person's got straight five A's." And I just thought, "Gosh, I didn't even know you did more than three A levels." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you were definitely <laughs> with that choice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I just thought to myself, goodness me, do I actually deserve to be here? Am I competent enough to um, compete with the people that I'm sat in a room with? So it's something I've experienced, again, even from um, when I was at Loughborough, I then did a master's degree um, at a different university. And again, I felt the same thing there. And then even going into careers and especially the industry that I work in, um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's always been a challenge, but I guess we'll talk about how I've kind of um, overcome these challenges and how I even deal with them today. Mm. No, man, I'm I'm definitely feeling you on that. And as you were just speaking about, you know, how it's impacting you from, from since forever in terms of a young age group, it just got me thinking. I mean, when I finished secondary school, so relatively I got very good grades, um, particularly given we both went to the same secondary school. We don't need to name it, but... You know, we went to a secondary school. It wasn't the best secondary school. Let's just put it as that. Um, and I achieved very good um, GCSEs uh, relatively. I had a, a nice, lo- lovely number. I saw like a few A stars and um, a few A's and um, uh, some B's as well. And um, when I went to college, so when I went to college, um, I studied, um, you know, by uh, say biology, chemistry, maths, and uh, sociology. Now, I'll tell you this uh, now, Jax, w- when we was doing, um, it was earlier on in my first year in college, um, I think it was uh, chemistry. Um, we was doing, I think, mock exams, just getting ready for exams later on in the summer. It was quite early on. And I'm going to tell you this now, Jax, it was the first time in my life <laughs> I ever saw an E-grade. <laughs> Now, what you got to realize, though, is that I've come from, like, Bs were my minimum in secondary school, right? Um, and when I saw that, it was a massive shock to my system. And the way I'm, I'm, la- I'm laughing because I really, when we were sat the same boat, um, <laughs> at least you saw an E, I saw a U. <laughs> <laughs> a U, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you, and the thing is, when you, as I said, when you've come from, when you're used to um, seeing something and then when you've seen that and a lot of the other people that has joined you in college, you, you obviously don't know, but they've all come from different backgrounds and we're studying something like chemistry. Um, it was quite a shock to my system and it did make me feel a certain way, especially when I saw a lot of, uh, you know, my peers getting good grades and stuff. And it made me feel all sorts. I'm not going to lie. And um, in some ways it helped me because I actually did something about that. I was working at the time, so I was fortunate enough to earn a bit of change and actually get um, a tutor who helped me on, a nu- on another level. Um, and a tutor is something I, I never thought I would ever need. Um, but no, I can definitely relate to that early stage. And what that actually happened, uh, Jax, when I went into university, so I studied for my degree, I studied um, biomedical science. Listen, <laughs> When you are in those labs from nine to five, looking at bacteria and blood, uh, blood tests, um, tr- looking at how to diagnose and treat different diseases, the language and the way some of your fellow peers will speak, it's language you haven't heard of, Jax. And what this does is just make you think, wow, like, what am I doing here? These lots speak in another way in terms of like the bio, uh, biomedical terminology and stuff. I've read all my books, man, but why don't I know this? Um, and it's so earlier on and it just makes you feel a way like if you're enough to actually achieve this, uh, these studies or this degree, etc. cetera. Man, every, everything you're saying, I mean, we've had similar journeys, so I'll, I echo everything you're saying um, from the first time I ever saw a U grade to... Um, an E grade. In ma- I remember when I studied maths A level, the first um, kind of test that we had, I got an E. And it was such a shock to the system because I was, you know, growing up from primary school, even secondary school, I was always good at maths or, you know, mm. relatively good at maths <laughs> in this case. Um, so to be to see it in E um, was a very, very huge shock to my system. And again, similar to yourself, you know, I was able to move that grade much, much higher. Um, but it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, and it's not just about grades. As we said, it's, it could be anything that, you know, allows your, that diminishes your confidence. Mm. Um, you know, for me, for example, when I, as I said, when I went to university, it wasn't just the fact that everyone seemed to have such amazing grades. Um, it was also just a cultural thing, um, a cultural shock to my system as well. Um, and again, when I say culture, it's not just about skin color. I had, you know, when I went to Loughborough, it was the first time I had met black people that had been to private school. Um, I have never experienced any black person going to private school growing up. So that was a shock to my system. Um, and even the way they spoke was different from me. I remember some, one of them actually asked me, and I will never forget this, <laughs> a lady friend. She said, why do you speak the way that you do? And I was wow. shocked. Wow. I was. How did your oh, heart feel when she said that? Well, you can imagine what I was trying to do when I was speaking to her. So I was pretty sad. You know, I was trying to get this girl's number and she was asking me, why did I speak the way that I did? <laughs> and to be really honest, now that I'm obviously much more um, older, I look back and realize actually I spoke with a lot of slang when I was younger. A, a lot of slang. And it must be very difficult for someone who may not be used to that kind of slang to actually understand what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was a culture shock. And at times you do start feeling as if you don't belong, um, which can really knock your confidence. And if you're not careful, you know, you might not be able to perform up to the level that you actually can perform. No, absolutely. And, and just on two of those points you make, uh, 
you know there's so much things that can contribute to it and it's literally not just about color because you can speak to many white people colleagues or people of different color and they'll tell you they face imposter syndrome and the the contributing factors behind it may be different um but everyone in 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 all circumstances um has had a challenge with imposter syndrome and then on just that um last point i know it was banter in terms of just um the lady friend asking why do you speak like that and then you realizing that you actually do use a lot of slang then that might get you thinking okay do i need to change who i am to suit other people's needs and then where does that balance come from so even that can affect your confidence because yes you might speak in a in a in a particular way but who sets the rules for how you should speak um and then that sort of can knock you back and forth as well where's that balance with and it's not just speak where it's the way you carry it yourself um etc um so yeah it's, it's quite interesting i think for me also jacks you know in my in my journey as you know i've done a fair bit of um public speaking um to all groups of individuals um from all different uh, social classes as well um to each sizes from groups of 10 people to groups of over 300 people and every single time as anyone knows when you're doing as confident as people sound every time before you do it you you can get a bit nervous and you can have certain feelings as well um but what i've you know what i've um, and we'll talk a bit more about this um later but what i've learned is that when it comes to things like this obviously you know planning ahead um planning what you're going to do what you're going to say and also um uh, this is the sound uh what's the word jacks it might sound a bit off but i don't give human beings that much ratings man <laughs> yeah you know what it's, it's similar to what you were just saying before about you know how do you even find the balance between actually um remaining true to yourself and who you actually are and the culture that you embrace mm. um whilst trying to adapt to your surroundings and i guess the key word is actually adapt mm. um without changing yourself too much and it is it is it is a difficult thing to strike um to strike the balance but it is very 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 possible um and i know that many people especially um people that may not have English as their first language may struggle with things like public speaking and just having confidence just because they've got a different accent. Not mm. that they can't speak English, they just have a different accent. And I think that's quite sad to, to, to see sometimes, but I guess there is a process to really, really build that confidence. I will tell you a story. When I first joined um, the investment management industry, um, this was soon after I graduated, by the way, I did adapt, but I didn't adapt solely. So I didn't change who I was. I still spoke with quite a bit of slang, <laughs> you know, even after I had graduated university. Um, and, I, and I do remember, you know, the first time I was working in an office and the office was really, really quiet. Um, and I felt extremely uncomfortable speaking on the phone, um, whilst I know that everybody in the office can hear. One, because I sound very different from everyone else. For the first time, I was getting tongue twisters. People say I speak well sometimes, but I get I get a whole lot of tongue twisters even mm. up to now. And many people don't know English is not even my first language. Mm. So it, it is difficult, but I guess it is really about building that confidence. And that thing you say, you know, sometimes not just not overrating human beings, not to being too scared of them. That's something that I think if you can embrace and understand, it will help you. No, absolutely, man. Um, I'm just looking at some of the common signs of imposter syndrome, which, of course, me, you and many of our listeners can probably relate to. So self-doubt and inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, 
berating your own performance, fear that you won't live up to expectations, um, sabotaging your own success even, you know, we, 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 can, we, we can be guilty of doing that as well. And setting very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. short. Um, Jack, one thing you mentioned, and let's get into like how you actually deal with, um, deal with um, this when faced with imposter syndrome, but you mentioned, you know, sometimes your confidence in uh, speaking on the phone or just in front of people as well. And that's a perfect example. Um, on the back of that, I'll probably say 10 times out of 10, the way we see in terms of how we think we come across, it's worse than what it actually is in reality. Absolutely. And I discovered that a long time, even when it comes to public speaking in your head, you might think, oh, I'm going to sound like this. I'm going to sound like this. The people listening, they're just listening to your words. They're, they're not they're not on that same level. So it's us, our own, our own selves that always just make things seem worse in our mind. And it and it's it doesn't match reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, it's one of those things where you know, when you are on the other side, you realize that actually, yeah, you know, if someone is speaking, you're not judging their accent or, or anything. You're just there to take information in and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, there are many, you know, solutions. And I guess I can start now. I see some of the things yeah, that okay. I, yeah, some of the things that I've kind of done um, to help um, beat this imposter syndrome. And I'll be very honest, it's still something that exists, um, you know, and it creeps in every so often, but it's something that you have to battle with on a consistent basis. Um, and usually, you know, as I say, every every season, every time I level up into a new dimension, it creeps in because I'm now I'm now in a space that I'm not comfortable with. So it is something that exists, and it's something that you can learn to um, adapt to and, and obviously overcome. So one of the things that I, I recognized is first and foremost, um, if you're struggling with things like you know speaking and you're worrying about speaking, you can actually learn how to speak. So even the greatest people out there, you know, one of my greatest people, you've heard us mention it on Walk Finance many times, Warren Buffett, um, very intelligent man, very high IQ. Even he booked lessons to learn how to speak. So the imposter syndrome is not always just about, you know, your class or anything. It's just sometimes just confidence. So if you, if you, if you have imposter syndrome that affects your confidence in speaking, then you can actually take some steps forward into just learning how to build that confidence because when the confidence comes, you now feel able to actually do what you're supposed to do. And like Peter just said, don't overthink it. I think sometimes we do overthink it and we feel as if we don't deserve, but the truth of the matter is you are there for a reason. If you are at the university, um, you know, studying a course or in, in a working environment, in the front office, you're in a, in a board meeting, you deserve to be there and you're there for a reason. Absolutely. So it's about, yeah, it's about accepting the reality and not always looking at the downsides, but be optimistic and, and understand that, hey, I deserve to be there and I mm-hmm. add value. And the fact that, you know, you are quite different brings in even more value towards the people that you're speaking to. Mm. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's not by accident you are where you are. Um, and those challenges that you feel um, it's also an opportunity to actually see what you can do about it. Like you just said, Jax, if you're if public speaking is one of the things that you don't like and it is something that you you find yourself having to do, then you learn how to get better at it, man. And thankfully, Jax, like learning is becoming even easier and easier over the years with everything you can do, virtual um online courses. It's not like how it was back in the day. So absolutely, man. 
Yeah. Um, and one thing that also helped me um, is to build a network or get yourself a mentor. So, you know, when you have someone that you can um, kind of kind of allow yourself to be a bit vulnerable with um, and just you can express your fears, um, sometimes that helps. That helped me anyway when um, I come across someone who um, looks like me, sounds like me and has experience. It makes you feel better to know that you're not alone and what you're feeling is not something that's just unique to you. Um, so for me, getting someone who... I can relate to who was a bit more far ahead, especially in my career, um, that I can just speak to about my fears. That really, really helped me because it made me feel that, hey, if you can go through this and you can overcome and now you feel confident, when I listen to you speak, you sound so amazing. I can be like that one day as well. No, absolutely, man. And as you said, you know, no one's alone in this. And that, that's very uh, encouraging to know that many people face this, if not all people at some point. And um, what else do you feel that you have done or managed to do over the years to tackle imposter syndrome, Jax? Yeah, I think to, ta- to really, really tackle imposter syndrome, you need to understand what it is. Um, and understand why you feel it. So, you know, why do you feel as if you are an imposter? Um, And are you an imposter? I think that's the ultimate question you have to ask yourself. Um, And once you know that, you know, it is a a syndrome, it is something that exists and it is something that, you know, you can overcome. That's, that for me is, is, was a starting point, you know, to actually understand that, hey, this is something that's real. Um, It's, it's okay. It's something that can come. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with my, my, my mind. It's just, I feel uncomfortable. But actually, um, knowing that you are in a space where you do feel those things, um, those emotions that come with imposter syndrome, it's also good to try and change that um, to the positive and, and try to be optimistic about it and say, hey, this means I'm growing. Mm-hmm. If you feel uncomfortable, um, it usually means that when you do go through the process and you embrace the process and you um, come through it, you are actually becoming a much better person, a more well-versed person. And I think that for me was and is, so it's not just about was, this is something I still deal with now. Mm. It is something that allows me um, to move on. And it's okay making mistakes. I think we are so scared of making mistakes when we are in scenarios where we feel as if we are imposters in the first place, but we are human beings and everybody makes mistakes. Even the president or the prime minister himself makes mistakes when he's doing things like public speaking, let alone you who may have English as your second, third language. Absolutely, man. And and I think it's also about understanding some of those external factors. So you mentioned making mistakes. Um, One of the fears of, uh, you know, that some people may have is that, oh, when I make a mistake, someone is going to say this about me. Someone is going to say that about me. Unfortunately, you can't control those external factors. Nine times out of 10, it will be okay. But unfortunately, one time out of 10, someone will say what you've been thinking um, towards you. But I think it's just so important to understand that's just the nature of um, how things are in terms of external factors. But the one thing that you can control is your response to things. Um, well, it's the one thing we can control is our response to things, sorry. Um, and how we go about with moving forward. So looking at that mistake as an opportunity to get better. And one thing, Jack, that's um, really helped me, and this might be a bit controversial, is the order at which I please people. Yes. What I mean by that is usually nine times out of 10, out of just um, particularly when we're coming from a place of insecurity, 
and um, we would do something so whether it's our job so we'll do something to impress those around us whether it's our boss whether it's our colleagues whatever or whoever it might not be work related and then when they say well done then that would further encourage us all of that stuff however what I've done over the years is try and know that when I'm working, I'm trying to work to a higher standard. So that comes first. And then as a result of that higher standard and that good work, people around or whoever I'm working with or whatever, where it doesn't have to be work, will be pleased as a result of that. And if they are not pleased as a result of that, then that shouldn't really be affecting you as much because I spoke about some of those ex- ex- external examples. You cannot please everyone. Some people are just not going to be pleased for you and about you, but you should not go about your life with trying to please someone as the number one priority. Work to your best standard. And as a result, as a byproduct, people may be pleased. If they're not, just focus on what you're doing. And that right there is what I've struggled with so many years. Because naturally, I am a people pleaser. Mm, mm. Um, and you know we like people like myself we like to be rewarded we like to be um, recognized and we like to be told well done Mm. Um, but what Peter said is absolutely important it is not about other people it is about you and you doing your best because that's the ultimate thing you can do that's the best you can do so if you can do your best and and keep working forward walking forward and moving forward um, that's the most important thing you know the thing is as Peter said you cannot control other people's responses to you some people are quite uneducated I'll say when it comes to dealing with people that they're not used to Mm. Um, and that's fine you know we're all learning and we're all trying to um, become better people although some people might not be but we are trying anyway Um, but yeah it it also builds character you know it it builds character when you are someone who can take um, criticism even if it's not from someone that you want to take it from you Mm. take it on board understand where it's coming from and then as I said keep doing your best now that's it, man. Um, understand as you said, understand where it's coming from, understand the source. Um, hopefully the source is a credible source. Um, and understand that not everyone knows how to give criticism in the best way. Um, but it doesn't mean that the criticism isn't truthful. <laughs> so and try and really dissect that and see what you can do about it. It's hard not to take it personal. I mean, if I've whenever I've received criticism, I'm not gonna lie, I felt a kind of way, but it's about getting to the quickest point to overcome that. And the more you understand how these mistakes, well, the more I've understand how these mistakes help me to be a better individual in terms of whatever I'm doing, and the more I've just gotten used to, and it's just part of the process. And I'm actually, and going back to your point, when it comes to like mentoring and just having the right people around you, um, when you have the right people around you, whether it's friends and whether it's mentors, a lot of those things will come from them before it even gets to I don't know your job if that makes sense so you've already had chance to work on it before you know someone even noticed something in the workplace if that makes sense so having the right people around you who are able to give you that um, constructive feedback is so key yep I think you've hit a note on the head right there Um, you know having real friends good friends that can you know, support you and guide you. Um, and, I, and, you know, one of the things that we don't do a lot, especially men, um, I'll say black men in our society, especially, what we don't do a lot of is we don't speak about our vulnerabilities um, and things that we're struggling with. Um, but I think if we can begin to do that and, you know, speak to people that we can trust, 
um, even if it's a therapist um, or someone who can do um, counseling, that thing can help because all those things um, really can boost your confidence or even allow you to um, point out where your insecurities are even coming from in the first place. Um, no, I, I definitely agree, man. Speaking to a trusted individual, um, not out on the world on social media, the world don't care about your business, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure? I mean, I, I, see it, so I, see, I see it sometimes and, and on social media, and I just think, goodness, what are you doing? Um, you know, no, no, that's not what we're doing here. You know, the, the most important thing is to actually, you know, speak to someone who will keep your things inside. Um, and actually help you point out point out your security insecurities um or, or or you know just guide you as to how you can best move forward now you know I'm, I'm a christian i like the idea of speaking to a christian counselor um i don't know about yourself peter but you know these are the things that have also helped me um move forward in my in my in my life not even just my career no absolutely um well ultimately as a christian um that's has helped me ultimately with battling with things, whether it's imposter syndrome or anything. I have a relationship um, with Jesus Christ. So that's what gets me. um, And that ultimately from a spiritual perspective, that's what gets me through it, man. Um, So 100% agreed. And and Jax, what I'll definitely say is that um, obviously as we progressed in our career, we've obviously been around particular people. We obviously we've now embarked on a personal finance journey, so to speak, but there obviously was a time when we was younger and we would have looked at certain people, whether it's on TV, whether it's um, in offices and stuff like that and say, oh, that, you know, that wealth, whatever, that's beyond me. I can never get to that. I don't come from this background. I don't come from that. And I could never achieve that if that makes sense. So this is obviously a personal finance podcast. It would be good to understand your connection to that and, you know, maybe let's chop it up in terms of what people can do around that as well. Yeah, Pia, I mean, this is, again, something that's um, hit me um, on my personal finance journey, which I started about five years ago, um, just trying to move away from um, old habits and move away from, well, not even move away, move towards um, having conversations that we should have had at a dinner table um, and trying to build wealth for myself and my generations to come. Um, and what happens is as you, you know, continue this journey, you get into spaces where you actually realize, hey, I'm actually doing okay. You know, uh, when you come from, let's say, a background of, of debt, um, of no savings, and then you finally realize that, you know, you've actually got some savings, um, it's a great feeling. But then when you move on to the other stages where you're able to build, let's say, a strong investment portfolio, which I believe I've, I've been able to do, sometimes it, it scares me. <laughs> you know, sometimes it becomes a shock. And sometimes the imposter syndrome still creeps in when it comes to um, money and investing and realizing, oh, my gosh, you know, now, um, you know, having money in, in an investment portfolio means that you know I, f- I feel like a bit out of place sometimes I might I might not always feel 100% confident and this is someone who, who has qualifications in, in investment management um there's still that you know that that creeping that you may think hey do I actually know what I'm doing you know what if I lose it all these are the things that creep in um and again the same solution as we've um spoken about in terms of just dealing with imposter syndrome and in life in careers and that kind of stuff you need to to attribute this to your personal finances as well you know in order for you to actually continue um the journey in the right direction no i'm I'm loving that man one thing that you just said that which just stuck out to me is just accepting where you are in your journey um and accepting that 
it's okay. You're okay. You mentioned that you, when you realize you have some savings, even if you don't have some savings, just recognizing where you are in, 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 in one's journey. So in episode 23 of the Woke Finance podcast, we done getting your finances in order for 2021. And we spoke about the journey from being in debt. So that's negative to working your way out of that debt, building an emergency fund, building savings, building investing, and actually using that money to invest in things, sorry. And wherever you are on that journey, just accept, okay, this is where I am. You know exactly where you're going, but even just that acceptance is such a big thing. And then on top of that, uh, Jazz, what I found quite useful is not come so you know I spoke about yes we used to see um these groups of people and say we can never achieve that not comparing yourselves to them not comparing yourselves to anyone focus on one's individual journey personal finances individual to you you can get so I can get support um on, on my journey in terms of knowledge and understanding what I can do what next steps I'm taking but my journey is personal to me where I am a lot of factors has contributed to that, but those factors are only unique to me because no one else grew up in the way I did. Yep. No one else had a certain, yeah. So everything is unique to me. Same thing for every other individual. So wherever you are now is impacted by unique circumstances that you've had growing up. So just a pre, so what I've found really helpful is just appreciating where I am. I mean, Jax, it does help when, you know, I read, like news articles and it says the average person has this or this or that and you find yourself there or about or above it. I mean, it helps with your feelings, but regardless, just appreciate where you are and be content. I think that's the most important thing. You know, we speak a lot about gratitude and, and, and you know, being content here on World Finance because that's actually a great money mindset. You know, when we talk about money mindsets, one of the greatest ones you can have is the heart of gratitude um, and, and contentment. Um, and I think, you know, it is very, very important not to compare yourself. I think, you know, if you are someone who's quite competitive, <laughs> like myself, you might find yourself comparing yourself to, you know, the average and trying to gain some sort of, you know, uh, you know clarity as if you're doing something right or wrong um but for me even at the high end you know when, when you start you know becoming above the average that's when it becomes even more scarier you know some people become a bit more um what's what i'm looking for prideful you know have a bit of, bit of pride and that kind of stuff which is you know your first um is the beginning of your downfall let me put it that way <laughs> where you start becoming too prideful but you know remaining humble and remaining um as someone who seeks education, listening to what podcasts like World Finance, it really, really helps. Um, and also not having fear, because what happens in that stage is, again, as we're talking about imposter syndrome, you can start having fear when you start thinking, how did I even get here in the first place? It was easier saving £100. Now, now saving £1,000 is different. It was easier making 10% returns on £1,000, but making 10% returns on £10,000 now means more. Or in other words, now that you, if you, if you lose 10%, 10%, obviously it hurts even more. So mm-hmm. that imposter syndrome can come in many different ways where if you build, let's say, a decent investment portfolio um, and the markets are volatile, have you been able to actually assess your ability and willingness to take that risk on an emotional standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that is, is something I'm dealing with right now as we speak, because five years ago, a 10% drop in the market was one thing. Yeah, now a ten percent drop in the market is a totally different thing. So, <laughs> and then I ask myself, Jax, are you sure? Do you belong here? You know, 
yeah. no, I totally understand that, man. And um, yeah, that's yeah, I, I totally understand that, man. Um, yeah, that's pretty deep, man. Content, being content, and the pride thing, as we know, man. Pride comes before fall as well, man. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I think you know this has been a great episode. I think these are things that we like to talk about a lot in world finance. You know, world finance, we talk about many different things. We like to talk about the things, the finance-related things that we didn't speak about um, at a dinner table growing up or even at school. Um, but also there's so many, many different um, contributing factors that affect our personal finances. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is, you know, our careers and the spaces we find ourselves and dealing with life issues such as imposter syndrome, which is huge for many people that work finance work with, you know, the young people that, you know, um, come from a, a more a, a disadvantaged background, let's say, um, you know, these are the things that we, we have to deal with. We've had to deal with it ourselves. We're still dealing with it. And I think if we can all have the discussion and understand how we can move forward and slowly uh, build confidence, it is a great thing for our personal finances as well. No, absolutely, man. That was brilliantly uh, rounded up, man. So I appreciate that, bro. And it's always good to just chop things up, man, even if it's on a topic like this and as you've uh, clearly articulated, the, there's a huge relation to when it comes to our personal finance journey. So thank you very much for that, Jax. And to our listeners, hopefully you found that really useful. Please, please do what you're doing um, and uh, share this with someone, actually. Yeah, there um, is one thing I, I haven't mentioned. Um, and I'm sure you, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't bring it out. But actually, one of the biggest causes of, um, you know, let's say instant gratification not instant gratification keeping up with the joneses that's the phrase keeping Mm. up with the joneses is sometimes imposter syndrome so what i mean by that is if you find yourself let's say being promoted um from one space to another you try your best to fit in Mm. and sometimes to fit in you end up spending money that you're not you haven't even received yet by the promotion (laughs) so it's just something i wanted to throw in there as well that this thing creeps up in so many different ways but the earlier we can um identify it the easier we can actually deal with it and as you know i um obviously have my own uh, agenda on this i always bring up um every opportunity i can but in between all of that Definitely there's um, extra external peer pressures contributing to that. And a large part of that is, of course, social media. Um, so, you know, I have to throw that one in there as well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, do you know what I think um, is, I, I don't want to go off topic, but, you know, just the other day I was thinking it's very, very healthy for people to take social media breaks. Um, so that's something I'm going to encourage. It's, a, it's another golden nugget for the podcast. That guys, if you are someone who consumes a lot of content, even good content or, or what you think is good content um, on social media, I would encourage you to take breaks. It's something that I, I attempt to do. I am on social media quite a bit because of Jack's Financial, but trust me, taking some time off really, really helps you mentally. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. I, I, would, I would urge, I would even beseech. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, absolutely, man. Really, really um, appreciate that, bro, Jax. And um, one thing I was going to say, actually, also, is that, of course, we do give a shout out to our listeners. I nearly forgot there. Our listeners to different areas of the world where we get new listeners in. Um, and the place where I'm going to mention today, Jax, I know I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but I'm still going to say it. And it's an area called Paranaku, which is a city in the Philippines. So a massive in shout the, out to in the 
in the Philippines. Well, you're definitely pronouncing it wrong, I can guess. <laughs> but that's amazing. I would love to visit um, there one day. Um, I think it's one of my um, the countries on my checklist that I would love to travel to. Oh, fantastic, man. Um, yeah, just a shout out to you over there and um, also all our listeners around, man. We really appreciate you. And as I said, normally we do tell ask people to share this. Um, I just want to reiterate that if you think this is quite useful, so on, share it with them. Do the usual. Keep liking, subscribing, commenting, and the usual, bro. Jax, anything else from your side? No, I think I think we've covered, you know, it was a very um, authentic conversation that, you know, and it's very interesting, a quite sometimes emotional um, conversation for me because of the journey. But, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I hope our listeners have gained a lot of value. And if they are struggling f- um, with this thing, I just want them to know that there are solutions and they will get through it. Absolutely, man. And we spoke about things like being content, understanding the order of, um, you know, not well pleasing people, but, you know, focusing on your on, on what you're doing beforehand and focusing on your own journey being content where you are in your journey. I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you have you that means you have a device to listen this, to this on. Uh, on. Um, I can assure you there's many people in the world that are not in a position that have any form of device. For some people, that's even hard to imagine. So again, to a place of gratitude and just appreciating where we are and moving forward. Um, this is obviously, you know, the levels of imposter syndrome that we face, Jax. Um, I mean, it's you know, it hasn't pushed us, well, from my personal experience, it hasn't pushed us into anything extreme from a mental perspective. But obviously, if that is the case for people, there's, we're not medical professionals or anything. So there's the medical route to take um, for those um, groups of people in terms of speaking to health experts. But hopefully you've all found it useful. Um, keep staying tuned in what you're doing. And remember all, stay woke.